You can check out all the episodes of the Table of Truth on our website, www.tableoftruth.com. Everybody to the Table of Truth. We have a special show. Uh, the Table of Truth presents Blurred Lines. This is going to be a little bit of our show that we do comic book related content. Um, it'll be comic books themselves, movies based off comic books, and even TV uh, TV shows as well. This is your man Cam. As always, is with with me is. Yo, what up, it's your man Pope? I've been back back from the dead. I've been gone for about two years. Mm. Man, I'm back. <laughs> and uh, with me is Cliff, aka No Cliff. Uh, happy to be back. Talk about comics. And Josh. What up, fellas? Thank you guys for uh, joining us in this little experiment that we're doing. Um, so yeah, we're gonna try to do a little bit more focus on the nerdy kit comic book stuff. Like me, Pope, and the rest of the guys, we all read a lot of these things all the time. So gives a better chance to try to try some things you might not have read before but also like give a, a nice little talk about it so it should be pretty cool um recently the uh black comic book fest just passed in new york city about two weeks ago i might get to 10 but josh and cliff you always want to tell us how it was yeah get on your jobs guys <laughs> <laughs> uh cliff you right, got there a little bit before me why don't you kick it off so yeah um I arrived around, I think like 10.20 or something. The Black Heroes Matter panel started at 10.15, so I was really looking forward to that and the different topics they'd be talking about. Um, so um, I actually met my sister there who just moved to New York. But anyways, some of the panelists were Machindo. Um, I don't know his work that well, but Trevor Von Aiden has done uh, comics uh, for um, DC and I believe Marvel as well. He's an artist and writer, Marcus Williams of Tuskegee Airs, and uh, I can't pronounce his name that well, but Dewemi Royo Akupe, I might be mispronouncing his name, but he's the creator of uh, EXO, Legend of Wale Williams, mm -hmm. and it was moderated by David Walker, who uh, has written for Power Man and Iron Fist, Occupy Vendors, and Shaft. So that sounded really cool, and I was, again, looking forward to it. So when I got there, it was a really great discussion. Um, they were just talking about representation of uh, black superheroes in comics and um, uh, a few of the guys have released independently. So, and then they've gotten a lot of attention, especially EXO and, uh, and um, Tuskegee Airs. So that was cool, but I don't know if Trevor Von Aiden hadn't taken his medication or oh. drank before or whatever, but probably, 10 minutes after I got there, the dude just brought the whole conversation down. And I think Josh came around 10.35, 10.40, maybe? Somewhere there about, yeah. And So man. when Josh got there, I, I think I texted Josh, I don't know if it was before or after you got there, but the discussion had gone down so much by the time he got there, I just said, dude, dot, dot, dot. Because the Trevor Van Aden dude was just, he was just throwing bombs for no reason, just telling people that, um, uh, uh, he told one lady that there was an educator that wanted advice about how to best prepare her children or to help her children if they want to become creators that there was nothing you can do. They have to learn on their own. And everybody in the audience was like, what? 
<laughs> what are you talking about? Calm down, bro. Yeah, I think he I got started there. talking about. I'm sorry, go on, Josh. Uh, yeah, I think I got there right after all of that. Uh, right after it, because Cliff sent me a text message, dude. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm walking in now. <laughs> and he's like, yo, this panel is bananas. And as I walk in, you can hear people muttering in the audience and they're arguing amongst themselves on the panel. And, you know, he was at the center of it, frankly. Every every twist, every left turn that everything took, every time it looked like things were going to get normal, this dude would just go way off the reservation. And, and what was it more? You know, just because, like, he was giving harsh advice or just, like, left field advice? Yeah, that's how the back. So uh, it sounds like he was just... He had a different opinion than everybody else. Is that what it was? Yeah, very contrarian, man. Uh, what is he looking like I mean, on to blow the panel up? It really <laughs> is. He's a panel like, he just came in, like he just came in with a bomb attached, to, you know, a vest, a, a vest attached to a bomb. And was just like, yeah, I'm gonna blow this whole joint up. There was a there was a woman who's homeschooling her kids. I don't know if you remember that clip. The lady who was homeschooling her kids, and she was like, you know, I don't know anything from anything, but one of my sons, she's two kids. And she's like, one of my sons is um, one of my sons is gonna um, is, is really big into art. So I really don't know anything from anything. So if you could give me some idea of what you know what it is I could look at, you know, books that I can get. So one dude was like, yeah. So you know, when I was coming up, the the Charles Schultz uh, How to Draw Peanuts book is a good resource. Was a great resource. I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> Why are you giving her the Peanuts book? And then. This guy Trevor basically was like, "Well, yeah, you know, that's not my job to really tell you that." Wow. I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is a black man? Are you, are you yes. serious right now? <laughs> you can ask Cliff. He, he that was straight up. That was his answer. That is not my job." But the, the reason why I said that the dude might have been off his meds, he was taking the microphone and dragging it on his pants and oh. making like this feedback sound. I, this was before oh. Josh got there, I think. Yeah. And everybody was just like, what are you doing? I, I don't know if he didn't notice or if he somebody else was talking, he didn't like what he was hearing. So he was just kind of disrupt them by rubbing the mic on his pants. But he was just the ultimate disruptor. And I remember that in question and answer session, um, they actually had to cut it short because the organizers didn't want him to keep talking, like either interrupting yep. or answering. Yep. Wow. But the yeah. best part of it, I don't know if you remember, was when the, 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 the kid from one of the kids' groups at the Schoenberg asked him a oh, question. Oh, yeah. Yes. Maybe, you can, maybe you can address this. So, um, basically, one of the kids asked him, uh, well, so maybe you speak to this, uh, this first part, because he had mentioned something about the NAACP, Cliff. Yeah, so uh, he had mentioned, like... Uh, it was one of the, I think, first questions, or he had mentioned in passing, just like, you know, he didn't like the NAACP because they had colored in the name and they're a bunch of coons. So um, <laughs> the kid was like, <laughs> why do you not like the NAACP exactly? Because, I, you know, he had a, I think the kid had a hard time understanding why. And the guy was like, right. they're a bunch of coons and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not colored. I'm just human and blah, 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 and yada, yada. And then the kid was like, he yeah. kind of bodied the whole thing because he was like, what exactly yeah. do you think the NAACP does? <laughs> and everybody in the audience was like, ooh. Was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he was giving it to this guy. He did not let this dude off the hook at all. Wait, so what about the, um, like, what about the rest of the, the, 
the actual event. Cause I remember last time I went last year, it was dope, but it was almost, there was too many people for the space. So it got even like more tight. And so, <clears throat> although it was cool to see a lot of the artwork and like, you know, tons of people brought their kids. And mm -hmm. I think that was the part that I liked the best. That was like so many of the adults and were out bringing their kids and the kids were like, you know, consuming and buying stuff and talking to artists and all that kind of stuff. But unfortunately it was just, the place is just too small and it was just starting to get too packed to the point where you can't even really enjoy it. It was more of the same, uh, I would say. It was more of the same. They had the um, the vendors, with, where they had the vendors upstairs last year in that huge open space. They had them downstairs in the basement in a space about half the size. Um, where was they also had half the vendors, so there's that. I don't know if it just costs too much or if no one got the word out or what, but the number of vendors selling selling merchandise and old, you know, back orders of comic books and stuff like that, uh, back issues rather, of comic books, it, it was it was a lot less than last year, a hmm. whole lot less. But there weren't, I would say there weren't less people. There were a lot of people there. That's dope. Yeah, people uh, seemed to come a little bit, I think it felt later, unless I got there later last year. But when we got there, there wasn't a line. Then when we came out, I think it was around 1230. So the line was down the block, you know? So hmm. I don't think it was a numbers problem, but like Josh said, it just the, the setup didn't make sense where you had so much more room upstairs. And, you know, I guess we'd have to talk to them about why they decided to move it uh, downstairs to the smaller space, but it was just small. <laughs> it was hot. There wasn't room oh, to move around. And uh, it, it's just a little weird because they, they, they've started something or it's been going on now for a while that's so positive and so good to mess <laughs> up on the logistics like that. You know, I feel like they don't have enough room to, I guess, uh, uh, mess up like that, you know what I mean? And then well, what about the uh, what about like the quality though? Because like last time there was a like it was good to see more creators and the ones that were dope like really like they were they shine you could tell like oh okay you got your stuff together book looks good quality of art you know it made you enticing so you can go pick it up but then there was a lot of other people that were just kind of like all right bro you know, keep working on it you know you got to <laughs> <laughs> And it's not even like, and you're like, you want to go, it's like you said, it's almost, it's almost like, like the old, like, hey man, you want to buy my mixtape? You're like, mm. right, right, right. You sound like Tina from Bob's Burger. Mm. <laughs> 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 but it's, it's like, it makes it, I mean, that was like thing we went to, um, to Comic-Con for the past, the New York one, where it's like, you know, I've been, this is the second year I've been actively seeking out more uh, people of color art and artwork and stuff and so and comic books so it's like the dope stuff is you know i want to help i want to patronize peoples so the, the dope people you know it's dope but then the other ones you're like hey man you hear the story it sounds out good then you look at the art you're like oh damn well i'll say this like what was positive about it was that you had like the two big kickstarter guys there ex i think was the exo kickstarter i can't remember kim yes. yeah yeah he was I know so between EXO yes. and Tuskegee Airs, those were two big guys, two big Kickstarter guys that were able to raise lots of money and, and Black. Uh, create really good product. Yep, definitely. Black was yeah, a lot of good press. I supported uh, uh, Tuskegee Airs, and I did actually I supported a bunch of them last year. Tuskegee yeah. Airs, uh, supported Black. I supported. Yep. Um, and Black was there too because Kari was there with his crew. Yeah, uh, uh, pushing. Teflon Funk is the other one I supported. Oh, yeah, yeah, I met those guys at, yeah. uh... I think Teflon Funk was there, too. 
Yeah, I met them at. Uh, so I think they're about to do some stuff, man. I think they're actually working on a pilot because they were they were like a little too happy the way they were walking around. I'm like, oh, you guys don't have a booth? They're like, nah, man. You got we were working hard. I'm like, okay. I mean, that's because <laughs> their, their book is behind. Also. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Mm. But yeah, it's like well, they had. I mean, oh, uh, go on, Josh. No, it's after you, after you. Well, I was gonna say it seemed like they had more dope, or not more dope, but like a, a good selection of dope people that were have more reach than last year but mm-hmm. not it wasn't as broad as last year you know what i'm saying whereas like they right. had a bunch of dope people but they didn't have anything as big as exo black and tuskegee airs uh, okay word, word, word. just as a, a final point i think they need honestly you know as cliff mentioned earlier just the logistics are just not well handled at all they need better moderators for their panels because remember last year it was a one person just sort of sort of uh, dominated the the one uh, the one uh, blurred session as they, as as it was called blurred blurred uh, blurred comic nerd something like that um, oh blurred girl yeah she kind of just dominated the whole thing every question even if it was directed to somebody else specifically she was still somehow <laughs> opining and answering the questions. Um, but I think they need better moderators, and I think they definitely need an event coordinator. Oh, they like a main, like a main person to be like, "Yo, I'm the person that's overseeing the whole thing." And if they do have one, they need a better one. The <laughs> way that the way it's laid out, the way that that it's being handled, just there's there's a lot of potential. Where was it? A lot of potential that? for growth, and they Schomburg? just yeah, it's at, yeah, it's at the Schomburg. And I think they might need a bigger space too. They absolutely need a bigger space. They should charge, frankly. Uh, as much as I love free yeah. stuff, I think oh, they've gotten to the point where you know, if they charge five bucks, mm-hmm. uh, keep the barrier to entry low. You know what I mean? You still want people, oh. you still want bodies there. So keep the barrier to entry low. Charge five uh, bucks. Make a little bit of a profit off of it. They should charge. Yeah, I that's went, fine, man. That's any. Because I went to a, handle that. I went to an indie, indie um, uh, Mocha Fest. Oh yeah, that's the one at the Armory, right? Or the the other yeah. the other Armory. There's an army on 23rd Street. Right. Okay. And, and that joint was um that joint was packed to the brim, and I had to pay ten bucks to get in there, and they wrapped around the block. Yeah, I, I mean, if they could spot, I I have a feeling you know they want to keep it in Harlem for being in the Harlem thing, but if they could find a spot in Harlem that can hold it, I think that they could that definitely be a good move. Like they could just yeah, keep the panels at Schomburg and then do the actual event, you know, like down the block or something like that. I mean, the fact- I'd be down for that because it's just growing, which is good. It's just that you know, for logistics' sake, you, we just need a bigger, a bigger spot. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you're getting me to come all the way from Brooklyn all the way up to Harlem, you're you're clearly doing something right. Two years in a row, you're <laughs> clearly doing something right. Oh my God, you went all the way up to Harlem, <laughs> Josh. You That's right, all the way up to Harlem. Harlem. You definitely deserve it. BX hate BX. <laughs> Let's get this guy a medal of honor. <laughs> Presidential shield of approval. Man, I, you know, I come back home, I need, like, you know, that radiation shower they give you with the heavy brooms and, you know. Hey, man, as long pressure, as he's not, going, washer. he's not going to the BX, man, I gotta go over the river and through the woods. Yeah, this is why I don't like <laughs> Brooklyn, yo. Got my knapsack on. I got my, my level two sword. <laughs> like, Brooklyn. Oh, we're going down south. Get out of Brooklyn. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I got the walking yeah. boots. <laughs> um, no, nah, I think that's dope though. Because at least, at the very least, pretty much like everything, it's like okay, you got to start it, 
so then they can get better. I mean, this is their, I think this is their fifth year. Fifth. So is their fifth year? Yeah. So I actually, I missed it, and I started to look on their page to see what they have, and they have like volunteer uh, situations and all that. So I kind of want to check it in just to kind of see if they're they're probably going to need help, but I'm wondering where the help would come and how you know. So it could actually be a better situation. Because it has, like you know, said, I think that you need comic book people. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kim, like your comic guy, they need comic book people to, you know what I'm saying? That have had experience at uh, San Diego Comic Con, New York Comic Con, just, yeah. you know, being around those really, really large comic convention situations. And also, too, the thing I'm, I was actually looking at, because with um, Black Panther coming out soon, like, it would behoove Mar- uh, Marvel to do something with them just really? as a just off the strength you know if it's surprised that they haven't even done anything with luke cage and all that kind of stuff too yeah it's, it's also timing if they um if the show is coming out before like it has to be it has to line up right because yeah yeah they usually try to do it within a certain amount of like a month or so and mm-hmm. i think when did when did luke cage come out during the summer last year uh August? late summer almost fall yeah yeah, that's before they were really doing any promotion stuff. Like. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like August sometime. Yeah, but um, well, let me do it. Well, all right. So speaking of Marvel stuff, we're starting to do a little bit of a book club. Um, one of the books we used was uh Marvel's new uh Iron Man, Iron Woman, Iron Lady, <laughs> Iron Person, Iron Person, Iron Person. You guys suck. <laughs> Iron Person, damn it. Iron Gentlewoman. <laughs> uh, so, for whatever reasons, Tony Stark's not around right now. So he gave his armor to two different people. Wait one a being uh, a fresh-faced Aww. dude, Aww. and the other to a uh, young African American woman. What do you mean for whatever reasons? We so was over. We know why he gave the armor. Yeah, but that's gonna be later on the show. If we start that now, we're never gonna get to it. <laughs> I think I think I think we should start with Civil War and oh, then go into God. I mean I mean yes, Pope, we should totally start with Civil War. I mean that just makes sense. <laughs> Pope, what are your feelings on? Uh so full disclosure, I now work for the House of Ideas, aka Marvel. So Pope will be leading this discussion on Civil War too. Take it away, Pope. I believe you should phrase it as I recuse myself on the uh, <laughs> account of I like getting paid on the weekends. Hashtag Cam wants to keep his job. <laughs> true, true. So you just agree with everything. You're like, no, that's not right. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was great. <laughs> Squirrel Girl is amazing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you get started on Squirrel Girl. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Back to, back to, back to focus, focus, all right, focus. All right, all right, all right. Civil War wow. II. Speak on it. All right, who wants to go first? Yeah. All right, all right, oh, that's you. Fire away. Right, fire away. I mean, I'm sorry, Pope, fire away. So I have very little love for Civil War II. I just think that it didn't make any sense. Like the motivation for all the characters in in this in the book were just mm-hmm. kind of like forced for the sake of creating this this story, like this make the sequel to an event that wasn't very well received the first time, but was much better than what this was. Cause even, at least in that one, you can choose a side. You could literally choose a side and the other side would be like, all right, I can see how you chose that. But it made no sense why Captain Marvel was as pissed as she was 
And so, so wait, the, um, the first one wasn't well received. No, no, not really. Really? Yeah, people like there are people who like it, but it's not one of the pe- one of the hallmark storylines that people wow. turn to when they talk about crossovers. That kind of brought me back to reading comic books, but okay. I mean, everyone had their the own. First movie. Say again. The first Civil War brought you back? Yeah, I had stopped for a long time. I, on, real quick, on, I read Onslaught, and mm-hmm. I, the way that it ended absolutely just turned me off. I spent like, I bought the whole thing at the end. So I spent like 75, 80 bucks, just one shot, and just bought everything. Oof. Loved all the side stories, loved everything I read. Got to the end and was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> the last two, literally, it was minty. Until the last two pages, where Franklin Richards like makes this pocket universe, and it just so happens that the joints that are flagging in sales, Captain America, Iron Man, Fantastic Four, uh, Hulk, and a couple others, all magically sacrifice themselves and then end up in some pocket universe. And guess what? Everything resets to number one. So now all their comic books are number ones again. It's just it oh. really it insulted my intelligence. I, I was I was very angry. I mean, that's, I mean, that's how I feel about thing. Civil War too. I feel like it insults the fans' intelligence in a way because it's just like you never really feel the stakes of what's going on. It just feels like, hey guys, it's time to reboot. You know, we got to get that cash grab. So you know, I, Civil War two. I kind of feel well, like they got to the point where it's like they have like a cycle of crossovers that they do, and they were like, all right, we gotta get back to this. What, what crossover are we gonna create now where the heroes fight each other? Because we need another one of those. So let's figure that out, yeah. I mean, I would have been fine with it if there was more, like like Cliff was saying, if there were more stakes. I just feel like, you know, with the first one, like like um, like Pope was saying, you it made a certain amount of sense because Tony was already sort of trending in a very specific direction. Mm-hmm. And so him landing pro-registration made sense for the character because he was already angling very hard in that direction. Cap being anti-registration made sense because it's Cap and, you know, he's for the people. This one, it feels like Captain Marvel's just being incredibly unreasonable. Like, and no reason. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I get the idea that a lot of it is based around, like, uh, like, Rhodey dying, spoiler alert, and um, yeah. we have another black person sacrificed to start a franchise. But, yes, um, man. Yes. The, <laughs> I would say actually, I get that, that. That, that's the one thing I would say is when I read Civil War Two, like I didn't see the roadie thing happening, and when I saw it, I was kind of yeah. like, ah, "What? Yeah, that's yeah. out of nowhere." Yeah, that's especially, exactly that's exactly what I said. That's what that's. I was kind of especially like, since huh. since he was a character who was trending because of the movies, and even in the in the book they were talking about he's about to get like this big position. They were trying to angle him to be the new uh, president and some other thing. Like he had a career path going, at, well, right, a right. path, I should say. Right. And they just dated it to make Captain Marvel upset. For to start now. Doing these things. For now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, also like, also, like Thanos' decision to just, like, all right, I just got to come to Earth to do some uh, crazy stuff. It, it seemed out of character where, like, you know, he, he didn't seem to really, like, plan out what he's going to do or there was no backstory that I, I knew of. And the response to it was just, like, so un It's just like, you know, let's just hop into it, you know, no plan whatsoever. And it's just everything just happened so abruptly. 
And th- didn't they just finish doing a storyline with Thanos coming to Earth? Uh, the whole yeah, um, Infinity, the, the Infinity, which train? was actually really good. I love that. It was good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. Very really, good. it was really uh, like universe expanding. They use a lot of the cosmic characters. They use a lot of the characters, and uh, that's kind of like when there were Hickman was doing his whole um, kind of Avengers circle kind of thing, where he the the Avengers like grew to almost like thirty members, and so the book was pretty dope because they would only put in like five of these Avengers for this story and then five of these Avengers in this story. And so it was to make kind of give them a, a more complete thing. It's pretty dope. I thought it was really good. Yep. Was there a backstory to Thanos coming to Earth for a Civil War II? Uh, yes, he was picking up a Cosmic Cube. Okay. That sounds like he was going to Walmart to buy it. But that's the best part. That was the best part of that, of that issue where he was kind of like, what are you guys doing here? Why are you like what? What? That what is going on here? And then, and he was almost insulted. Like, really, you guys? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah, kind of, that's kind of meta for like the whole everything that's going on in Civil War Two. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how Cam described it to me. He came to when he was still working with me. Uh, he came to my office and was like, "Yo, Rhodey's dead. That's number one. Number two, <laughs> he's open with that." So, in the quizzical look I had on my face, I don't think I can duplicate. But he came through and was like, yo, first of all, Rhodey's dead. Number two, he was killed by Thanos. Three, he rolled, like, they rolled up on him and he was like, no, what are you guys doing here? All right, I'm gonna kill Rhodey. But no, what, wait, wait, hold up. What are you guys doing here? <laughs> like, why are you running up on me? You know, you know who I am, right? You've seen me before. You know, the armor guy and whoever this other jerk is, they can't, like, I can't, you can't, I can't. All right, I'm gonna kill Rhodey. I'm gonna kill Rhodey. Make a point. It's like, <laughs> would you don't really use Thanos to just like continue the plot. It's like he's usually either a, like a main baddie or a really important piece, and it's just like we're just using him to, you know, uh, continue the, the, the story. He's a plot device. Yeah, plot device. But, but Thanos has a plot device. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird to have him. Yeah. A, a character of his. A character. All right. Well, moving on. How does the whole the rest of it play out? Uh, oh, in my I opinion, think... it didn't really get going, and I feel like this is a trend with Marvel sweeping events. It didn't really get going until issue six. But by then, as with Secret Wars, I kind of didn't care anymore. <laughs> like it just <laughs> it just took so long to get going. And in in equal fashion, it didn't get going until Spidey and Miles and my so. Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and Miles Morales, Spider-Man started bantering back and forth, and then it got great, and it stayed great. Secret Wars did that, and Civil War II, same deal. Miles, um, Miles and um, and Cap are talking after he gets after the Ulysses sees a vision of uh of of Miles holding a dead Cap, like impaled by some random piece of metal or whatever, on the steps of the White House. Huh? That was a spike. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't he have the spikes? No, no, no. That's a cane. No, no, no. Yeah, it's cane. So yeah, and and so you know, he rolls up just to try uh Miles rolls up on the steps of the White House just to prove, like, yo, I'm not gonna do this. You are there's no way that I'm killing Cap. And so Cap rolls up and they're both like, Yeah, this is awkward. Um just like you know I'm not gonna kill you. Like, I hope you're not. Then the whole back and forth between the two of them 
was absolute Marvel peak brilliance, but it took six issues to get to that point because the other five issues were Captain Marvel yelling at Tony and Tony, you know, they're, they're back and forth. Like, I'm right. No, I'm right. No, I'm right. No, I'm right. And it just, it don't. <laughs> I just yeah, like that when they're so like, cool. if uh, so Tony crazy. is the voice of reason, there's something seriously wrong right now. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. great that, that they threw in, and I, uh, which made me feel like maybe this was going to be good when it kind of wasn't. But the the bit where uh, Tony is having that giant meeting with everybody and he's like, yo, I've disagreed with Cap before and been wrong every single time. <laughs> so I'm going to just err on the side of Cap being right. And that's why I asked him first before I gave my opinion on what we should do with Ulysses. I'm gonna side with Cap. I'm gonna. I'm glad that I'm lining up with Cap here because every time it causes me an, an ending pain to be wrong. And on the <clears> side of this, yeah. So, and the other thing I would say is, um, you know, they always have crossovers like on all the books or whatever. But the books that actually benefited from Civil War were Spider Miles and uh, Miss Marvel because Miss Marvel's book was actually pretty cool because you know she's. Miss Marvel, she's, uh, you know, idolizing Captain Marvel as, like, her hero and that kind of thing. Right, And right. with this whole, you know, as it's playing out, Miss Marvel kind of comes to grips where, like, I don't think I really agree with you right now. <laughs> and so she has to go, she, in her, you know, her own book for Civil War II, the crossover, um, Captain Marvel does a couple things that doesn't really um, line up with what Miss Marvel thinks that you should do, like what's right and that kind of stuff. So it kind of sends Miss Marvel on a, a different path where she's kind of like, well, I guess I don't really need you to tell me what's right, what's wrong, and kind of do it on my own. And similar with uh, Spider-Miles, kind of the same thing where he kind of did his own thing. And I think that was kind of like what they did a pretty good job of setting up uh, the, the quote unquote kids breaking off of Avengers and kind of doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And quick sidebar. Cam, you called it. Nova is a brilliant book. If you guys, if the rest of you guys are not reading it, Nova is amazing. And anytime Nova, uh, Miles Morales, and Miss Marvel get together, any book, any book, it has yet to fail. Anytime the three of them get together, it's pure comedy. Pure, pure, pure comedy. It's amazing. And then now they have their own book called Champions. Which is basically like a Teen Titans, but actually I would say more Titans, less Teen, just because um, they're not connected to Avengers um, on purpose, because they kind of think that the, the adults are doing whatever wildness, fight with us amongst themselves, blah 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 blah. Right. But um, they added in uh, uh, Vision's daughter and then uh, Baby Cyclops, and it's actually funnier just because it, it kind of captures a lot of the the youthful fun part of the bantering that a lot of that some of the books are missing where the things are getting too serious and it's just not as fun. And I think that's actually pretty dope. Cause that, and that also kind of bleeds into um, the new Invincible Iron Man with Riri Williams. Cause it has the same type of level of feel of like being, you know, pretty, pretty happy if you want to put it that way. I was about to say, speaking of playful banter, Invincible <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> Segway. Clean <Clean-sick. laughs> I gotta do that. Go ahead, Cliff. And that is how you pit it. <laughs> so at the end of Civil War II, Tony is incapacitated. And so he gives his he oh, gives wait, wait. his oh go ahead. Before you get there, like even like that last battle between Tony and Miss Mar- Captain Marvel made no sense to me. Because the main reason she was there was to stop Spider-Man. And killing Captain America. 
both Captain America and Spider Man were like, "Hey, we're cool. Yes, we don't want. Yeah. We got no beef. We're not fighting. We're gonna figure this out." And she was like, yes. no, "I gotta put everybody in stasis bubbles to protect them from themselves." Oh, yes. and like, dude, what are you talking about? We're not. We're, we're <laughs> over here playing Pokemon Go together to get this thing out. And you guys try to put in jail. Huh? Again? I was saying this is all you guys because I didn't make it that far. <laughs> yeah. And then and then when Tony shows up, she literally just loses a shit, yo. Like pretty much. On some next level. She she went so over the top that I'm not I'm surprised that she didn't get arrested at the end of this drink. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't get to the last one yet. And and to the part that you know, I was trying to get that get this to you guys too, but so they have, and the aftermath, they have a thing called Civil War II, the, the oath. And so basically the aftermath of everything is um, Maria Hill's on the lamb and they install Captain America as the new chief, uh, new uh, director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so this is the second time around. And so he goes and visits um, Tony in his like vegetative state or whatever state he is in. And it, it does three things. One one part of the book is uh, Cap getting sworn in as a new uh, director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And the way it looks like, it looks like basically almost like an inauguration. Everyone's there, taking pictures, blah, blah, blah. Then another part of it is you see uh, Spider-Man, he, um, Spider-Miles, he doesn't go to the event. He actually stays back and just kind of chills. And what, the new Wasp comes up to him and asks him, she's like, yo, why aren't you there? He's like, mm. I'm gonna stay away from Cat for a little while, <laughs> just in case. And then she's like, "You should be happy. Like nothing happened." He's like, "Yeah, nothing happened then, but now, right, like, what right, happens right. if it happens in the future? Like I'm still not comfortable on that kind of thing." So I thought that was pretty cool. And then also um, the other part is Cap is talking to Tony about basically all the events, everything that's been going on, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And you know, you guys know that in Cap America, you know that whole the famous Hail Hydra thing. So Cap has been this what? weird. Uh, what? Where have you been for the last Doug, two years? That Sarcasm. was like news. Sarcasm. Say, <laughs> sad. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Uh, so Cap. So Cap is basically talking to Tony about all the events. Blah 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 blah. Um, but the most interesting part about the book is two things. One, the the way Cap is talking to Tony is almost like he's almost like a in in current terms like he's a conservative talking to a liberal and the conservative just won, saying things like you know you're always looking at the future but not looking at the people the people have now elected me to take over and da 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 so as I'm reading this I'm kind of like oh Twilight Zone this sounds familiar and so it's interesting so I'm reading it I'm like okay you know I'm just going. I was like, did they just turn Captain America into Trump? <laughs> well, all, all, like, it needs to hap- all it needs to happen now is he needs to go back and say, so, uh, Cap, so you said something about Hail Hydra. I never said that. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> when, yeah. when did I say that? Alternate comics, hashtag. Alternate comics. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, I mean, but the speech is good because I've only been vaguely following Captain America this past, like, year or so. But he's been doing all these little manic... Uh, puppet stuff through through the universe and kind of doing things. And so uh, he basically talks about his vision that he gets from Ulysses. So Spider-Man got a picture of, you know, him, you know, killing uh, Captain America. And so then he's like, my vision was different. And you turn the page and it's basically like 
you know, all of America falling in line. You see all this like Hydra stuff and people falling in line. So it's like, you know, it's a vision of basically uh, Captain Hydra kind of ruling everything. And so he's basically telling Tony, you know, the, you know, Cap actually really respected you and started talking in the third person. And you're kind of like, okay, now this is the, oh, this really isn't Cap. So who wears the real Cap? And this Cap's about to take over, da 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 And it gave the, to me, reading the, the oath actually gave the rest of Civil War II a little bit more of a of weight because, like you said, at the end, it kind of left you on this very meh. But after reading the oath, it kind of gave a little bit more gravity. So now I'm really curious to see how they take that and where they go with it. Well, I read I read that the whole thing with uh, with Cap was that he is he's basically been manipulating everything that's been going on. So yep. even like Civil War was part of yep. his plan. Yep, yep, yep. Interesting. And so it's gonna be interesting how they kind of uh, like reveal all of this. So I'm actually gonna say I'm, I'm curious. But anyways, finally we get to the end so we can get to reread. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, reread was great. I think it it was it had that same lighthearted thing you were talking about. It doesn't take itself. It takes itself seriously in terms of her. Was it lighthearted? Because I think right. Aspect, I mean, the, her parents, you know, Tony versus her backstory wasn't. But in terms of like her back and forth with with AI with Tony with with, with, with uh, artificial yeah, intelligence, Tony. Tony is hysterical. Oh yeah, yeah. That and I mean, I agree. That, the fact that Tony Stark. Gave he was like yeah I'm gonna help you out you need an AI to run your suit I'm gonna be your AI that is genius <laughs> that is pure comedic genius she's like yeah. is there an off button for you I can't find an off button <laughs> and of course you know his ego would not allow him to make and create an AI that would give an, that would have an off button <laughs> yeah plus I like that uh, especially like each issue each issue got better so I like that yeah. You know, the first one, it was kind of like, okay, we have a new Iron Man, she's super smart, but they didn't really show her being smart. They just kind of said she was smart, and you're supposed to take it on face value. The second one, she outwits, you know, uh, her curtain situation with intelligence and kind of and fleshes out her character. And then the third one, it kind of shows more of her personality and, and how the things that in her past had shaped her into who she is now. So I like that. Venice is definitely evolving the character, really giving us the layers. And like, yep. you know, he did a good job with... Um, with Miles Morales when he first introduced it, kind of doing the same thing where it's like, he didn't want it just to be like, oh, hey, there's a new black person in a, in a familiar role. It's like, no, this person is specifically different than who you think the, uh, than the current, I um, mean, the old person, but also has his own merits, not his own death. Mm -hmm. What's really cool about, jumping off what you said, Cam, like about the kind of overarching story arc is also like, okay, it's coming off of Civil War and also some of the ramifications of that and then what you were saying about her developing as a her own uh, iron uh, heart, heart iron person, and uh, then also uh, it's mixing in with the the ninjas that are coming over to make sure that you know is Tony Stark still alive? Do we need to kill him again, or we need to kill him again? And if it, if it isn't him, we need to take care of the new Iron Man. Then also the backstory about why her stepfather and her best friend were targeted. So I got to give Bendis lots of props. I don't think they were targeted. And if they were, that's that's the stupidest thing I can ever think of. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, uh, when you get in the issue, it's like you're trying to. What well, she's thinking about, you know, okay, they were both, I guess, shot in the heart, and then why wasn't why weren't me and my mom killed? Why were my stepdad and my friend targeted? And she's thinking about what else is going on. So I don't know if if I'm making too much of what Ben this is doing, or if there really is something that's going to be revealed later on. I well, think I, you. I think I think if if it's um. 
if it turns out that they were targeted, I I would assume that Bendis is savvy enough to make it a good reason why. He generally doesn't love little little uh, foreshadowing type things like that. It doesn't make any sense. Like she wasn't anybody at that point, you know. Yeah, and, I mean, they kind of made it where she kind of just like, like I've been reading uh, the the Iron Man book prior. And her story was kind of parallel. They didn't really have anything to really connect her besides her kind of just doing it on her own. Like she was making her own suit. She's kind of just connecting stuff and doing her own thing. And so I think it was one of those things where it came to Tony's attention because she had made a suit and she flew off somewhere. And then, you know, and then uh, I forgot what his AI is now called Friday, I think it is, which yeah, is like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, there's uh, some young lady rolling around in a suit that's not yours. You might want to check that out. So. Well, the thing that, that has me thinking that, I mean, you know, it, who knows what it might be, but part of the panel is um, when Riri starts asking about, you know, why this happened, the police officer which, when they're in the station is like, well, you know, it was random. I don't know what to say. And she just has a stern look on her face. And the next panel is a picture of Iron Man in front of the press. And in the next panel is her just like... Um, with that stern look again on one eye. So I don't know if that's insinuating something or if this is just trying to internalize her anger about the situation. It could be, it could be just an internalizing of that anger and, you know, trying to figure out how to best um, react to that and and in her quest to now become Iron Man. I, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Cliff. I don't think it's innocuous. I don't think it's just, you know, a random little thing that he threw in there. It's generally when Bendis throws things, things like that into the mix, it's usually for a reason. He's gonna revisit that. Mm -hmm. I don't. I hope it's not that somebody shot her family to get at her or some dumb shit like that. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, that I mean, was the only. Like, that was my only thing. I was kind of like, for some strange reason, all African American characters need to have someone to die to motivate them to be like awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> usually it's hip hop stories, but you've seen Boys in the Hood. Come on, <laughs> Miss yeah. Society. South Central. I wasn't too mad at that because it's uh, it's in she's from Chicago, right? Yes, I think that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So it kind of mimics what's going on in our like current uh, culture. I mean, I definitely see what you're saying in terms of like the way they use black characters to black characters to um, move along the story by dying. But yeah. on another level, I'm kind of like, this is kind of what's going on in Chicago. So they're kind of tapping on what's you yeah. know. That's right. a good point. I mean, I would have liked it to have um, that she still had a best friend because then that best friend could be the audience member. So as she's doing these crazy, you know, you know, worldly things, she has someone to kind of dump all these things on. Kind of like yeah. I think that that, that happens right. too too much in a lot of the, um, well, the books. Like the one thing about Spider Miles is good is that he has Genki next to him, and he's like he has like the the side, not necessarily a sidekick, but just the normal human being they could tell all this crazy crap to. But that's right. why that's so why, know, why they, they awesome. didn't do it. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. What are you saying, Cliff? No, nah, I was saying Genki's awesome. <laughs> but he does have his mom there, and she, uh, she has a mom, and her mom knows everything that she does. So yes, right. So you got a little bit of that happening. Yeah. Well, I'm on board. I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm very curious to see where it goes. You know, I feel like, and I trust, I trust Bendis. If Bendis can make. The Red Skull exhuming Xavier's grave and pulling his brain out of his head not matter to me and still craft an incredible story. That whole storyline was one of the best things I've read in the last 10 years. 
Which book is that again? Mile. Uh, Uncanny uh, Avengers storyline. That opening Uncanny Avengers uh, storyline. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, Man, yeah, that right. was genius writing. And, oh my god. And I think Ooh. Bender says this all the time. He like, I read something and I'm just like, uh. Then I read something yeah. else. I'm like, oh man, this is amazing. Yeah, like, I can't be mad at you. Yeah, conflicted all the time. Conflicted. If I can forgive him transplant, doing a brain a brain transplant, so he can get Xavier's powers, I can forgive pretty much anything that dude's gonna do. Because at some point, twins. at some point, it's gonna turn a corner and it's gonna be great. That's right, because he did the Apocalypse Twins and all that, right? Yep, that was yeah. part of that storyline too. That was awesome, actually. Man, that was good reading. Oh my god, devoured that whole series. But yeah, yeah. overall, I think Invincible Iron Man. Yeah. Definitely something that like a lot of people should check out, and I, I'm glad it, it matched up to the hype because I think people were really just gassed off of like, oh, we have a black woman as Iron Man, blah blah blah, yada yada. But it, at least it's, it's good and it's solid, and it has like a lot of room to grow and like you know be an actual fixture. I would um I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Quick question: Three out of three fists. <laughs> three out of three fists. <laughs> Terrace fist jabs. The uh, apocalypse was <laughs> the last storyline of X Factor. Nah, um, Uncanning Avengers, the Unity Squad. Okay. Half X Men, half uh, Avengers. I'm thinking about. Um, I I think the last part <clears throat> is when um, Archangel was becoming Apocalypse. Right? Yeah, that was X Force. That yeah. was good. Yeah, actually, that's, that's the precursor to the Apocalypse Twins. Yep. Okay. Okay. Very good read. Yeah. Both actually both are awesome reads. Um now like the, the X-Men comics you guys are talking about, I haven't had a chance to read. And maybe this is a larger discussion for a future date because I've I've kind of fallen off with a lot of X-Men stuff. But you know, I don't want to go too deep into that just to say that, you know. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing with your life, Cliff? What are you doing with your life? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, X-Men's interesting, that's what I'll say. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, that that era I think was really great. That that era was it like two years back now. No, maybe no, three, yeah, no, longer than that. Yeah, but um, that that whole storyline was great. It ties into all kinds of insanity that Thor that Thor was dealing with, stuff with Wolverine on his own. It just it brought a bunch of different elements from a bunch of different parts of the Marvel universe together in just brilliant fashion. Brilliant, brilliant fashion. Um, yeah, it was really, really dope. Uh, um, and then moving on, we did, we also talked about, or we also read uh, Motor Crush, which is from Image. And it got a little bit of a headlines earlier on because it has a black woman on the cover. She's a motorcycle racer. What? And there was, some, there was some controversy of- Controversy about it? There was. Uh, some retailers didn't, wanna, didn't want to, uh, stock it because it was a black woman on the cover oh wow and yeah, yeah it was kind of interesting and book hadn't even come out yet just awesome just off the strength yeah. yep really? off the strength it was very, straight, straight that's how we don't want a black they just said it wouldn't sell that's what that was their uh official so that's how it wow. so out the gate it was already getting a little bit of uh some hype but um yeah i thought, put, the, I thought so. the hype was coming from um since the artist was uh cameron stewart yeah, so then that's the other hype. The other hype was the the team that made the book was the successful team that From rebooted Batgirl. Uh, Batgirl over in DC. And ah. so they did uh, Batgirl's redesign and took it to a whole different direction. I think they were on a book for me two years, a year and a half, and um, really took it from 
kind of being obscure, kind of just another bat character, just actually kind of giving its own voice and that kind of thing. So this was like a pretty big thing for them to break off, kind of do their own, create their own series. And um, we did what, just two issues that we read, the first two? Yeah, we had the first two. Yeah. 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 And it's so, no, nah, I, I liked it, man. It was really cool. I would, uh, I would read the whole series. It's really strong. Character, the characterizations, the, the way the story flows, the universe they're building, the artwork is great. And artwork action is really I'm not going to read a book if the artwork is terrible. I'm just not. I just can't do it. Yep, yes. I am 100% with you. I am biased. Art of Unite. So, um, but outside of that, I think it's pretty good. There's a lot of questions I have about the book in terms of the, the way the world works, the way the main character is. And, but that's kind of spoilery. And since it just came out, I want, like, if people are going to read it, like, I'd rather them find out on their own. But there's stuff that happens that, makes me wonder more about the character and her backstory because we don't really get much of her backstory as we're going on. But there yeah. is, there's a very... It's funny that you're saying that, bro, because, like, uh, I was I was ha really enjoying reading it overall, but then, like, in the back of my head, those questions that you brought up about the world, like, is it kind of like our world? Is it kind of an alternate universe kind of thing? Like, you know, like Tailspin, Cape Suzette, where it's just kind of this weird alternate kind of Earth thing going on. Or, or what is it? But those questions never bugged me because the writing, you know, the dialogue and the artwork was so good that it's like, I'm sure they'll, they'll, you know, they'll explain more to us down the line and they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah it was dope, man. I mean, it was, you know, Mortar Crush is about uh, like a motorcycle racer named Domino. And she has a, she works in the garage or, or her dad, maybe, maybe not owns. Um, and it's kind of just her adventures. And I think it was really cool because I liked that the, the, the world that they created was interesting. And also I, I really loved the design too. Like all their design elements they did, they're talking, adding in like almost like a social media element and how they explain certain things. Like that was cool and, and added to the world as well to where we wanted to give me more, um, like I was interested to see how they were going to do it and what, what the aspect of the world was going to be about. Yeah, that was seamless. I thought that, um, like you were saying, with the social media aspect, but then also they were able to clearly delineate her like kind of Grand Prix uh, life and what that played a role in her life as, as uh, as opposed to the, the street racing thing and how that was its own world and the kind of the underworld and everything. It was pretty masterfully done, which I think is a larger uh, big up to the image for creating these really cool um stories and and a lot of cool artwork that they that they seem to attract yeah i think image has been especially in this last maybe like eh, i want to say what two to four years two to three something like that where they've been really yeah. letting uh creators just kind of run wild and be like you know they have an idea all right we'll give you guys x amount of issues to you know flesh it out see if it, it you know strikes the audience and if it does then we'll keep you keep it going if not then cool you got a nice self-contained Mini, uh, mini series that you can kind of keep it moving from there. But I think that the uh, the success of Saga has uh, allowed for other creators to make their own universes and worlds and kind of just play around with them as opposed to kind of like, they've gotten away from, you know, having this one big shared universe, which I think for Image actually has helped them even more, probably more because of like, you know, Kirkman and uh, Walking Dead and uh, Invincible. Right. Isn't Kirkman but, uh, like a 
a, a big honcho at Image now or something? He's the CEO, Chief Creative Officer, I believe. I think it's like the top five spots is like him, McFarland, Silvestri, and Valentino, and mm-hmm. Larson and Larson. Does Jim Lee have uh, any type nope. of like? No, nah, after right, he sold good. he sold his stuff to DC. He's been chilling with DC ever since. Yeah, he he's um isn't he like the C the um editor in chief head? Yeah, he's the uh, co-editor. He's he's co-chief editor. I think. Ah, okay. I think it was something. I can't remember what it was. Him but and I, um, what's his face? Um, Jeff Johns. No. Okay. I what's the other guy? That, um. Oh, Kevin, not Kevin Sujahar. Sujahar. No. no, he's like the movie. Brad and Troy. I don't remember. Mm. Okay. <laughs> we just throw out names. Like... <laughs> but yeah, 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 I think nah, Border Crush is cool, man. I, I'm, I'm. And it's cool because it's like seeing the social media on it and stuff. And I think a lot of people are identifying with it, um, rocking with it, sharing it, like uh, consuming. And I think it's pretty ill. The one thing I saw was funny because from the uh, the uh, woke people was uh, the, the more extreme side. Like, oh, here we go. Another black character created by white people that's getting popular. <laughs> And I was right. like, damn, man, why are you going to be like that? <laughs> well, you know. I mean, I understand it, but it's just like, it's a good book. I like the character. I'm curious to see where it goes. Like, I didn't really have to get into another, a whole philosophical uh, debate about white people creating black characters and so on and so forth. Right, right. I don't know. I, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot more black properties out now, but there hasn't been any that, that people are interested. The ones that have is the ones I spoke about earlier. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, just, I mean, part of, part of the problem is we're waiting for, like, you know, a lot of uh, Black creators to either put stuff out or the big guys to uh, pick them up to create uh, Black characters and stories, then we might not have anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I had a good talk with, um, well, I had a good talk with uh, David Walker from uh, Paramount Iron Fist, and he he was kind of saying that too. He was kind of like, you know, we're in a nice, interesting bubble right now from when Luke Cage drops all the way up until Black Panther comes out. And he's mm-hmm. like, that's about a good year and a half. So he's <clears> like, if you're a Black creator and you have an idea and you have some type of organization, it's pretty much, you're, now is your time to get it out into the masses because, you know, that's when, if you get it out and get it, get a nice, your own following and that kind of stuff, that's when you're going to start to see larger companies looking at these guys and be like, oh, okay, you know, see, Air's got their own little buzz without without majors, you know. What was the um, what was the timeline he gave? He said, you got, if you're going to get, get it, the in dropping, now? yeah, he was like the drop of Luke Cage, which was like what end of the summer last year, all yeah, the way like up August. to yeah, all the way up to Black Panther coming out because then you have all this time basically to drop your property, you know, make your following, kind of craft what you want to do, and then you're you're in a good place that. You know, say for instance, Black Panther comes out and does amazing, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, okay, what's the next Black Panther?" And they'll start to look right. at all these black properties that are already out and established, and, and then start to gobble those up, throw money at it, and start to prop them up. Mm-hmm. Sweet, absolutely. So get yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> if I if I have to, I guess. But beyond that, like I agree with everything you said. And if you look at it, though, a lot of there's a lot of black properties coming out. It's just whether or not they're good. You know, some of them yeah. are good, some of them are bad. Yeah. 
As and that was actually one of the issues at the Black Comics Fest. You know, while we're praising um, EXO and Black and uh, Tuskegee Airs, there were some that were like, uh, "Nice to meet you, man. I got it." Though, you know what I mean? So yeah. we were having a conversation about that there too. So it's like it's better than how it was when I first moved to New York and started going to Comic Con. So mm-hmm. whether you're looking at Comic Con, where every year since I started going, the profile of black creatives has has kept going up. Um, and this past Comic-Con has been the best I've seen in New York for black creatives and just blacks attending to uh, Black Comic Fest. It's getting better, but you know. Absolutely. Just... Go. Well, I mean, it's the eternal conversation. I think, you know, Cliff and I had the conversation uh, and then um, and Cam and I have been having this conversation where, you know, I think the, the EXOs and the Tuskegee heirs of the world have figured out that you don't need to be chief cook and bottle washer you don't need to be, you know, penciler, inker, uh, plotter, writer, you know, editor. You, you, you know, you can't edit your own. You, you, you always get someone else to, to edit your copy just so that they can catch, like, you're reading your own stuff. How are you, like, you're not, you're not really in the best position to, to be copy editor. Yeah, you got to so, spread it out. Yeah, you got to spread, well, not just spread it out. You got you to delegate, like, just... You can't do everything. You can if you try to do everything, something's gonna let slip. Your art's gonna be garbage. Your inking's gonna be crap. You're gonna have typos, which is the thing that I see a lot. I forget who it was. The last uh, Black Comic Con at the Schomburg, uh, I, I was waiting on Cam for something, and I'm like thumbing through this dude's book, and it was jarring because I'm like scanning, just scanning little bubbles of dialogue, and I'm like, that's not spelled correctly. And then it I wasn't the Shaft comic, was it? No, no, no. It was the guy. Was it the guy who did the Shaft comic? It was another book that he had at his table. I think it was David Walker. And, and I'm just like thumbing through. I'm like, that's not spelled correctly. Oh, that's not good, good grammar. And it's not good grammar in the not good way, not in the character talks. You know, in a specific, you know, with with a broken kind of English or whatever. This is just yeah. not spelled correctly. And that's not right. And there should be an apostrophe. And I'm not the most you see my text messages. I'm not the most um, <laughs> eloquent typer. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I am, but I'm not. I don't pay attention to punctuation and stuff like that all yeah. the time. And I'm just like, if you're putting out a book, man, you got to be a little bit more on point than that. People are reading for content and for, and they're judging you on a certain level. Like with oh, yeah. with Marvel stuff, you can't. You 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 kind of just fall into the zone or DC stuff or image stuff. With the big three, you kind of just fall into the zone where you're just like, all right, it's gonna be it's gonna be a certain level of good. There's gonna be the artwork's gonna be a certain level, the inking's gonna be a certain level, et cetera, and so on. And just you know, I don't want to have to think about whether or not you know, or mentally prepare myself like, okay, so this guy's stuff is gonna be a little wonky on the on the wording or you know the, the typeset or whatever. Could have been done like on purpose for like a slang thing for the comic. No, that's what I was saying before. It, I, yeah. I purposely read like a good three pages leading up to that and a two and a good two pages after it was a mistake and it was more than one in in one book and it just kind of threw me it was very jarring it threw me off and you know it just you know it it you the argument of you know well yo you know you gotta support black no i'm gonna support quality dog <laughs> we are past the point we are it's 2017 you gotta mix it out you know what i mean we're, stop, we're, stop hating Stop hating, son. We're well past the point of, you know, supporting just because you're black. 
it's not going down like that these days. Yo, young Cam off broke records, same. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not. If I go to a party or I go to a club, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna listen to the. I'm not gonna give the DJ extra. You know extra consideration because he's just starting out. No. <laughs> no. No. You know, your, records are, your records are skipping. You can't mix. Your transitions are bad. Like, you know. Yo, we had a voiceover. Be like, hey, 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 what's going, going, going on, on, on. It's Cam, Cam, Cam. First, first gig, please. <laughs> yeah, that's not. You don't know, support the brothers, man. You're not supporting the brothers. <laughs> I, I'll support anybody who does quality. Uh, anybody who does quality work. Yeah. I encourage any any person of color, make sure you join this quality. I will I will absolutely support it. But get your weight get your weight up before you come before you before you put it out for public consumption. Yeah. It's just it's not a good look. When I was uh when I was younger, I was like nineteen, like I was writing uh I had a partner and we were writing a a storyline that we were gonna use like a video game and a bunch of other stuff. And at that time, me and him were gonna be like the designers, the the programmers, we were going to like design all the packaging, create the characters, write the story, program like we were talking about doing everything. And then right. we had we had watched this um we were watching a movie and the credits had came by and we started seeing like all these different key grips. Right? It was like a key grip for lighting, dude that runs the food and like <laughs> and, like, and then we was like, yo, all right, we're key gripping. Like you can't we just can't beat everybody at right. every right. at every position because you're not gonna have time to do the thing that you're really good at, you know. And that's when I learned that trade. Yeah, I mean that's why I stopped doing parties in New York as a DJ. I was at the door managing the door staff, helping out the cashier. I was doing no joke. In one night, I've done the door cashiering and security, and then went in the booth to DJ. It's just not gonna work. <laughs> You cannot do everything well. You just can't. Something's gonna something bad is going to happen with one of the things that you're that you're trying to task yourself with. So yeah, just they gotta it's 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 2017, man. Get get a group, get a group of people and delegate some stuff so that you can do if you're the if you're the artist, just draw, man. You can be the conceptualist, the the story guy, and then you know, pencil your life away. It's gonna be better. Word on that. All right. Well, you know what? Let's uh let's get a little bit of some final words. So we had like a nice breadth of topics and wrap it up. We're actually gonna come in on time. I'm working on it. <laughs> um. So all right, we'll do final words first up. Cliff, what's your final word for the day? Um, my final word for the day is I think it's really cool. We're in a moment right now where we have all this really cool black comic book art stories, comic books, and I'm looking forward to continuing uh, blurred lines. So, because I know between me, you, Pope, Josh, we have friends, whether they're black, white, whatever, that may have just started to be turned on to like comic book characters through the MCU and partially through the the DC movies. So, there's this kind of a rush to find out a little bit more about these characters. They might be a little bit intimidated by comic book stores because you know they can be uninviting to the the regular person. So I, I feel like it, it's helpful for them to have people like us, where you know we're, we're cool, we're not overly you know snobbish or nerdy about stuff. Where you know it it's a turnoff for them. So I feel like it's cool that we're going to be in between for them 
to or act as a conduit for them to get to maybe the comics. So um, I'm just looking forward to that. And then also my own journey in creating uh, a children's book and just listening to you guys about your experience about in story what works in terms of art that works, what might not work, you know, just guys that have had experience doing these things that I can uh, really learn from. Word. Dope. Pope, final word? Good job, Pope. Oh, <laughs> we lost Pope. <laughs> oh, we lost him. Oh, okay. And Josh. <laughs> okay, so my final Josh, final word? Um, you know, pretty much what we were just talking about, you know, in terms, and, and that's, you know, aimed at myself, at the members in this panel, you know, just get it right, get it, get it, get whatever it is you're going to do tight to the point where you feel comfortable with a high standard presenting whatever it is that you're going to present publicly, because, you know, what we all have ideas, we all have things that we want to do, and I think there's just a certain amount of, there's a certain amount of comfort or you know, whatever it is that people have with just putting stuff out there. I mean, we're all professionals in our field, so I don't think that's a real concern, but just more of a reminder, you know, as we were just talking about it, just, you know, sort of reminding myself, yeah, you know, I don't want to put something that's going to have a bunch of mistakes or a bunch of, you know, whatever's in it, you know, and it's interesting because there's a, um, there's this, there was this interview with, um, I forget George Lucas's producer's name, um, on, on the on the prequel films, but you know he said that he, he he threw out this quote that said you know uh, films aren't released they escape, and that's an interesting way of looking at things because you all you if you you know the the opposite end of the spectrum is you can find yourself perfecting something you know to death until until the point where you can't put it out because you're always going to find something wrong. But you know I think finding a happy medium and knowing your trade, knowing your knowing your stuff, and making sure that it's presentable you know you know your mom always said don't 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 misrepresent me when you go outside <laughs> you're representing yourself you know you want you want people to think the best of the best of you and your work so that's my word no oh, hope final word i agree <laughs> great <laughs> oh, we gonna find man. word we're gonna skip over no man, great you, you, uh, you, you, cliff already went already while you were gone <laughs> what happened? You got what I want yeah, to say. Yeah, my internet is, is weird out here in the States. Oh, no worries. Well, Pope, go ahead. Do your final word. So, we do a final word? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> I need to have a whole You didn't believe in the underworthy <laughs> final words. Your man, Popito. <laughs> guys are messing up what I wanted oh. to do with <laughs> All right, so, so listen, I'll just, I'll just use Gotham as my uh, my final word. You just got to get that in. Uh, see, I was going to table it to the next one because there was going to be a lot of conversations. Uh, oh, it's, it's fine. We can talk about it again. I, I, <laughs> this is my final word. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's your final word. Do what you want. Do what you want. For those who have been listening to the Table of Truth over the last five years or so, we've been doing it. Uh, Ant is one of my best friends. I've known him my entire life, pretty much. And on the show, he has continually defended Wesley Snipes. Gotham is my Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Just be, be, be prepared to hear a lot about it. Um, okay. <laughs> sweet, sweet Lord. Wait, I just need, yo, I want five minutes. I want to know what it is you guys don't oh like about God. God. <laughs> No, hey, nope. I'm cutting it off. We got work to do. We said we're gonna get in this before a certain time. We're almost there. I will not allow you to hijack this conversation. I've been been working while you've been doing this, dude. This is how I flow. Wow. Uh, anyways, that's why. Yeah. So my final words are: thanks everybody for tuning in and joining us for the first edition of Blurred Lines. we are going to try to do this at the minimum once a month. It could probably be more, but I'm going to keep it at once a month, so at least keep us honest. <laughs> um, but um, also to, like, tell everybody to, like, you know, like and share and pass your homies and do all that good stuff. And then also let us know, how you know, uh, what you think, if we talk too much or what else, things that you think we should cover. Or stuff that, you know, might not be on our radar because we're going to really try to um, – touch on some of the indie stuff, you know, some of the big two stuff and kind of keep it with that. But, um, but overall, my final, final word is, uh, really look for, you know, new and up and coming black talent. Cause there's a lot out there and you just gotta really like, you gotta search for it. But once you search for it, you should definitely share it with other people because everyone else should, should know. So everybody can really just like support the ones that are really good. And so that there's more of it. That's pretty much it. Cool. Cool. Yeah, man. So, this is Table Truth. Like I was blurred saying, lines. Got them. Like, <laughs> Cut his mic, sir. Man. Cut his mic, sir. Why? As one of the See, worst I shows. Cut, I can actually cut post mics. Now you can't talk, can you? Ha ha. Oh, oh, oh. Hashtag Trump's America. Like you sounded like Trump right now. <laughs> Was that ESPN show like cold pizza or something where you could cut the the speaker's uh, mic? Uh, I'm just kidding, Pope. Still not, still not gonna let you talk about Gotham. This next, we have a whole separate section about that. All right, we're gonna do a whole episode on it. Then. Yo, 20 minutes on the clock. Like, tell Pope defend Gotham. Go. That's what we'll do. <laughs> I just want to know why you hate it. That's all I was asking. <laughs> Because it's a bad show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. This is uh, the Table of Truth. Next present yeah, Blurred Lines. And we are out. Deuces. You can listen and download to all of our episodes of The Table of Truth on iTunes. Just search The Table of Truth Podcast.